Court the Cloud. So this is the Coach Haas Podcast, sponsored by Sports Rehab PA. And I have my co-host here, Dr. Mike St. George. And um, this week we have on a guest from, he used to be from Philly. He's a uh, now out in Chicago, uh, sports performance specialist. He's been doing it for a while. Uh, we were talking before we got on here about how amazing the path has been just in the last couple of years. His, his career has taken off. He's, he's all over Instagram. Uh, he's Insta famous. Um, Mike, we have on Carmen Del Mastro. Um, Carmen, welcome, brother. What's going on, gang? Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Yeah. So, so I was telling Mike the story about how we met. I want to just kind of get into that real quick. I'm sure I'll, I'll bore Mike, but I want to do it more for the for the audience that we have. We have millions of followers here, so we want to you know make sure that everyone gets <laughs> gets the full experience here. You know, so. But basically, I, I, I met you through Instagram and I was just kind of following you. And uh, I go to a concert. I go to a Nelly Florida Georgia Line concert. And I'm at this concert. I'm at the rooftop bar and walks past Carmen and his girlfriend. And I nudge my wife and I go, That's, Car- <laughs> That's Carmen. And she goes like, who, who the hell's that? And I'm like, he, it's Nooch, like on Instagram. I'm like, I was, I've told you about it before. I'm like, it's some of his stuff. It's really cool. But I'm like, I want to go say hi to him. And you know, like, and she's like, well, like he's at a concert. I'm like, I know. I'm, like, I'm not going to have a, like a whole calm conversation with him, but I want to introduce myself. I mean, this is, it's just so ironic that he's like walking by. So he proceeds to walk by me and I kind of nudge him. I'm like, yo, you Carmen? And he kind of like looks at me like, like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and then we kind of got into the whole conversation. Well, we're 20 minutes into the conversation, and now I'm getting elbows. Like, I think he wants to go watch the concert instead of talking about training. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think he wants to talk, talk about training. <laughs> definitely, definitely wanted to talk about training. I'm not a country music guy, so. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't seem like it. So I was like, I was going with the conversation. So long story short, uh, the place that, that I, I rent space now uh that i was the head trainer before at fit life uh i convinced the owner to to bring carmen on because i was seeing some of his stuff and i just thought it was just amazing what he was doing anyway he came in there it was short-lived because he had a mission and and now we can kind of clearly see you know where you're at now and um i'm gonna kind of let you take it from there but i just i had to tell that story because i just thought it was so funny like it was just ironic you know and that's the things that that you know, that this life is about, you know, it's, 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 it's networking and conversations and you just never know where they're going to lead, you know, and this is three or four years, you know, past that. And now we're having this conversation. So it's just, I appreciate your time, man. I really do. Absolutely, man. You know, you're, you're one of my guys. So anything for you, you know, I appreciate you coming up to me and just talking to me like a normal human being. So like I said, (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I noticed, dude, I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I said, like I said, I would have much rather been there talking to you about training than, you know, the Florida Georgia line stuff. But, you know, here we are, you know. <laughs> Word. Yo, so give us some, give, us, give me the backdrop. Give me, tell me like uh, where, where this started. Like, you know, uh, I, I'd like to get into 
I, I love knowing the, the, the story behind it because especially in this business, it, it, you know, it's, it's either getting hurt or, you know, you, you played sports all your life and it's just that the passion is there. So kind of like, tell me where, how it, how it started. Uh, so for me, I, um, I'll go back even to when I was in college for the most part, and then I'll kind of just go from there. So basically I played baseball at Temple and, uh, for me, I was a, always injured athlete. You know, I tell people all the time, there was only maybe a month or two out of the four years I was probably at Temple, probably my senior year that I was completely healthy. Um, you can attest that to, you know, poor training, poor lifestyle living, whatever you want to attest it to. Um, I was never healthy. So coming out of college, trying to play pro ball, couldn't get healthy. It was always something, um, broke my ankle had a fracture on my foot that never really quite healed. So it was always, you know, trying to play injured, which it, when we were growing up and whatnot, like if you didn't, if you didn't play hurt or you didn't play, it was like frowned upon. Now, now I'm like, listen, if you're hurt, do not, do not play, like sit out. Relax. Like shut you know, it down. It was, exactly. It was totally different before. Like you were looked at in a completely different light. So, you know, you try to be, we call like hero ball. So you have to play hero ball back then now completely different. So don't recommend playing with fractures in your foot, feet and ankle. So anyway, Noted. Noted. <laughs> um, you go probably stop playing when I was 26 years old and, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And, you know, my brother kind of jokingly said to me, you're always working out. So you should just go be a trainer and not knowing, like he was actually joking with me. I was like, okay. So I just went and got my certification and, Lo and behold, I walked into a facility in Philly that was like a outlet for uh, Mike Boyle strength and conditioning stuff. And I spent two and a half years under that system, which, you know, didn't know anything about training at the time. I just thought that, you know, being an ex-athlete, everybody's going to want to train with me because I was an athlete, you know, right, so right. that that doesn't happen. No? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so you got to uh, actually have legitimacy behind it. Now yeah. Too, huh? All right. Yeah. You actually have to know what you're talking about, right? Right. Uh, so, um, yeah, two and a half years there. And then I moved on to a couple other spots, worked at a baseball facility out in the burbs, um, did some exercise fizz stuff, did some post-op for some soccer guys. Um, I was at Drexel university for a while. I love working at Drexel university. I worked with you guys out uh, in the burbs as well. And then, um, lo and behold, made the connection out in Chicago, met my girlfriend out here. She introduced me to a facility out here that I'm no longer with. And I am at a facility called Bracey Performance now, which is probably, you know, it has been no offense to the fit life, but it's been probably my favorite place I've ever gotten a chance to work at in the fitness industry, in the sports performance realm. Top-notch facility, top-notch people. I am absolutely loving it right now. And I also have, you know, a chance to uh, work with some of the women's pro soccer players out here doing their speed and agility stuff. So awesome. it is awesome. Yeah. Hope That's I didn't amazing. talk too long there. <laughs> no, no, man. Listen, we got we got all the time in the world. Yeah, right? yeah. As much as you yeah. do. But I know Mikey's chomping at the bit there. He's he's got the hands on his chin. He's he's <laughs> taking it all in. So he's gonna he's gonna start firing away with some questions. He's got some good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, Michael, what you got? All right. So what do you you know what are you currently doing now? Because I mean, uh, Joe sent me your Instagram profile, so I looked at it. Um, and really the first, the first individual I saw doing a lot of this, like uh, speed, agility, power type stuff, um, a little bit more of the high intensity training was uh, Pierre Sports Performance. 
you guys okay. follow each other? Yeah, a guy up in Canada. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just got interested in looking at that. I was just really curious about like power and speed and type of stuff and see what was going on. And then, you know, Joe sent me your profile. So I'm seeing some of the cool stuff you're doing. And I'm like, oh, there's some cool techniques, seeing some of that. So I guess give us a little background as like what you're doing now, like what your motive is and who you're working with primarily. Yeah, so uh, basically my main thing whenever I have an athlete, I want to build them from the ground up. Um, so I'm looking a lot at what's going on in the feet, you know, how they're standing, what's going on from there. And, you know, from my own experiences, having that many problems in my feet and in my ankles, I'm always watching how they move around, just walking. Um, I do a lot of work, if you've looked at my page, with PVC pipes. So if I have people, the majority of people that I train, they want to come to me, they want to get faster and they want to get more explosive. So from day one, when they're coming into our facility, um, I have them PVC on the back and just looking at their gait, just looking at where they're striking the ground, you know, the level of foot contact or, you know, reactivity of the foot to the ground and things of that nature. Um, are they getting their glutes engaged? Are they being able to fire their hip flexors at a certain rate? Um, the hamstrings, things of that, like, are they collapsing through uh, valgus in the knee when they're just walking and whatnot? So it's a whole approach I'm taking. So I go from walks with the PVCs into a series of exchanges, like single exchange, double exchange, triple exchanges. Um, I want to see what's going on in the trunk. You know, are they getting enough core stability? How the posterior chain's reacting to some of this stuff? Um, and I've kind of developed this system that I go through uh, a sequence of wall drills and then the PVC piping and reactivity drills. And we just kind of just bounce back and forth and kind of just develop them from there. Um, I kind of get a little robotic with a lot of my stuff for the most part in terms of, you know, wanting my athletes to hit the angles that I want them to hit. So if they're not, then we're just going to keep reinforcing it. Um, That's it. That's it. I, yeah. Per I don't perfect really... practice makes perfect. Exactly. Like I don't really make it. pipe on their back or vertical shoulders shoulders okay yeah shoulders. exchanges you're looking at what between the feet yeah so i'll run them with so i'll do walks first and i kind of like coach it kind of ass backwards so okay. you know just have them walk straight they'll heel strike a little bit because you go through things of you know when we walk we heel strike when we jog it's more of a midfoot strike and then when we sprint it's more so that mid to forefoot. I still cue more of a midfoot strike with my guys when they sprint, just because it kind of gets dicey, you know, with some of the athletes when that, you say ball of the foot. Right, they start to become more toe runners. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then once they get on the toe, there's a chance that that foot's going to slide and dip, and we don't want it to get too pronated or supinated. So we want to, I do cue more of a midfoot engagement just so they're, they know where to land. And it, it's, it really has helped a, um, a lot of the development that I get with those guys. They've really liked, liked the, uh, that cue. And then I'll um, do a lot of barefoot work with them too. So I want to get them out of the hard shoes, like yep. cleats and everything that they've been stuck in for God knows how many months, because it just gives me a better sense of what we need to clean up because chances are you're working with higher level athletes. They're going to be higher level athletes. All the stuff you cue them through, chances are they're going to forget it like midway through their seasons and they're going to just be athletic at a certain point. So, you know, you worrying about 90 degree angles relative to the torso, to the ground, this, that, and the other thing, it's going to go away. The cleats are going away. So 
we want to be able to get them out of their shoes, see what's going on in their feet. And I also do a lot of work with like the fourth and fifth metatarsal. So like grabbing at the ground, getting more engagement through the anterior tip. That way we can save some of the uh, soft tissue because, you know, you see some of these football players now, they've had more time to train with their actual trainer trainers. And, you know, the injuries are what you're seeing. They're ramping up. They're ramping up. Yep. Yep. The Instagram trainers are taking over with these guys. So it's not a, it's not ideal. Yes, I mean, that's interesting you said that because, you know, Joe and I talk a lot about that. Um, Even I've listened on podcasts and then some of the courses I go to when you uh, learn who some of these pro guys are working with, um, you find out, honestly, it's garbage. A lot of these networks are not getting the healthcare, and everyone thinks because they're pro athletes are getting the best of the best and they're not. And what I've come to learn through networking and talking to people that actually work with with these guys is that, Sometimes you get a trainer that just gets a position there because maybe in high school they were shadowing or maybe their neighbor knew someone who worked in the facility down the streets. Oh, why don't you come in and hang out? Well, I work with the pro team. So they're hanging out, hanging out, and they go through the chains and all of a sudden they become a trainer there. And it's like they're just in the network, but they're not yeah. really a good trainer. And then you got the really good trainers that don't get their shot because no one's there to introduce them to that. And it's like these guys are going through it and it, and it raises a question you know, as why are pro teams coming in with injuries? Why are these guys going down the first game of the season? What's going on here? I mean, your, your life is to perform. That's what you're getting paid to do, but yet you're having injuries immediately. What's, where's the disconnect, you know? Absolutely. I mean, these guys are already head and shoulders above the majority of people or athletes. You know, it's our job to keep them there. You know, they didn't get there a lot. When they come to see me, it's not – or you guys or whoever, you know, it's not your job to, you know, hurt them. Obviously, like yeah. the, the number keep, one rule keep that, them that on we, the field. Yeah, yeah. You keep them on the field. Like the number one rule as a trainer should always be do no harm. Yeah. Number one is that. Number two is don't be an asshole. We all know that. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> it's always that. Awesome. So awesome. like we need to keep them at that level and just taking care of them from the ground up and taking care of their soft tissue. Granted, you're gonna have injuries in sports. Like yeah. it's it's going to happen. You know, right. there's something along the line that has happened along the way. And, you know, it's, we're going to get to that level. Like you're never going to have a full, you know, healthy team. That's just not going to happen. We can't like prevent er- everyone from not getting hurt, you know, whether right or wrong, it's not just not going to happen. And, you know, guys getting rolled up on guys getting tackled and put in bad positions in football, that's going to happen, but we can prevent some of the non-contact ACL tears and things of that nature. They, they can be prevented. Which is a great segue there. Good, good job, Carm. No um, problem, Joe. Because that, I mean, that's mainly what I'm what I'm seeing, right? And I see a lot of females, right? So that's that's the stigma already. I mean, not stigma, but that's that's the facts yeah. um, that we're seeing that they're at a higher rate, seventy percent higher. Um, just saw one the other night watching a game on the uh, on TV on the internet, watching a girl you know, uh, what's it game four into the season. But what I'm seeing when these girls come in is uh, perhaps they, it was a right knee uh, ACL repair that they had done. When I'm getting them, I'm seeing perhaps uh, a left foot pronation. I'm seeing uh, perhaps both ankles with collapse going on there. And so the knee obviously is being repaired now, but 
The underlying issue to that, because this was a non-contact we'll use as an example, the underlying issue there is clearly something coming from her feet. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, it, you said it was the last game. Yeah, that, that, that was a separate thing. One of the girls, I okay, okay. several got of the girls you. I have now, uh, you see a lot of that coming in, right? So yeah. some of that, A, and this is not against Mike, this is, you know, just other PTs that, that sent kids to me. Like, I'm seeing a lot of things still in their feet that aren't corrected. So as much as, yeah, we're trying to address the knee and get, get you to feel more comfortable bending your knee and absorbing force into the ground and all that stuff, if your ankles aren't cleaned up, then it doesn't matter. All that stuff is going to continue to happen and you can put correctives in there and do all this. But if you're not getting to the base part of the problem and it's, that's the foot that you talked about already that Mike has written articles constantly about. So, and then you're just talking about prevention. You that is gotta be the top of the, that's gotta be the top of the chain. It's gotta be. You want to say, Carmen, the video of that girl that was cleared for return to sport with the single I will top? send you that. Actually, Please, I'll oh, send you yes, A yes. five-year-old oh, and be like, yes. that does not look right. And this was clear <laughs> play. So, look, man, I'll be the first to tell you, just because I'm a PT, I'm always putting, you know, I hold a high standard to our profession. And there's a lot of trash out there. I made a lot of mistakes. I hold myself accountable. I'm always questioning, did I do that right? Can this be better? You know, I always want to continue to get better. You know, I've been doing it for 10 years. You see how you evolve. And every day I'm looking, I'm like, how can I be a little better at this? Can I clean this up? And like, that's why I feel like doing these podcasts, bringing on other disciplines like yourself. What else can we learn from? Because when you work with these athletes, everybody has their own lane. You have the PT, strength and conditioning coach, maybe the powerlifting Olympic coach, and you got the speed guy. So the one thing that Joe and I hear a lot with soccer is all the parents want their girls or, or their son to get faster. Got to get faster, got to get faster. They think faster equals better soccer player, which I disagree with. It's not always the speed, but they all think they got to get faster. But a lot of these kids can't because they can't stand on one leg. They can't even stand in a half kneel position and their foundation is garbage. So, you know, we think we got to build that up first before they even do speed. What's your take on that? Oh man, this is a, perfect topic for me <laughs> I, th I think the uh social media has really watered down or like given what speed training is a bad name it's like you see it there it's like resisted this bosu that speed ladder this you know cones so speed I'll ladder. yeah <laughs> speed ladder i'll refer to it as like um obstacle course training so the more we put hurdles and speed ladders and this that and the other thing around that means we're going to get faster it's complete bullshit. And I constantly talk about this. And, you know, I've, you know, when I was training, I was literally told that you can get bigger, you can get faster by just doing a speed ladder. So you'll put weight on, just do the ladder and you'll be fine. So that was what my college coaches told me. But anyway, um, hopefully yeah, they're still so not coaching in college, but they might be actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, the way I coach, I try to get my girls and, you know, to be the best of the first five to 10 yards of acceleration. So if we can master those things and we can master those capacities and angles that we're trying to work off of, yeah, we can get faster. Um, I don't like using the ladder for the most part because I just feel like it gives you a faulty placement of the foot. So we worry too much about where the foot's going and what, what we're trying to do with those. And it just does not get us faster at all. So 
the same thing when it goes for cones. Will I put cones out and layer a pattern? Yeah, I might to a certain extent, but the one message I'm telling the athlete is don't worry about where the cone is. Just react. Don't react to the cone. Anticipate it. Okay. So the cones there get to the cone. Cool. Just make sure you know where you have to be on your next cut. Okay. So they're just markers. And then if I right. am layering, if I'm am laying, layering a pattern, I'm in there maybe on the third rep switching up. I'm in there with them, directing them side to side. Because no true speed, no true agility is going to happen for them if we're just constantly going through these patterns of, okay, I'm going to go here, then I'm going to go left, and then I'm going to backpedal, this, that, and the other thing. I need to add a cognitive pattern to them. That's how we're going to get faster, and that's how we're going to be able to create true agility with them. So that's where I'm at with those things. And I could talk about that constantly, <laughs> which I always do. So your clientele is primarily was a female soccer? Um, you know what? I have a bunch of athletes in different sports, um, but I will be very heavily involved with a bunch of female soccer players coming up soon. Yes. Okay. What, awesome. What's your, what's your age population mostly? Um, with them, it's um, so they're pro soccer players. They're in anywhere from like 21 to early 30s. Okay. Are you mostly seeing those ages across, or will you get like middle school, high school age? I'll get some middle school. So a lot of my younger athletes are actually basketball guys, okay. which which is like a cool dynamic to see yeah. because you have these smaller female athletes and then you have these like monster middle school boys who are, you know, also underdeveloped. Yeah. In a, That's a phenomenon the, to me is working with, and I haven't even thought about that for a while, like just working with tall kids – because their their mind is there, but the body just is not in coordination. Right. And it's it's neat to see someone that that walks like a baby deer that becomes developed, you know, and like can really become like an, a fluid athlete. But it's it's amazing because that you know, especially when they're younger like that, and they just they just sprout, you know. Yeah, and you know what? I've been training this one kid. He's a uh... He was 6'4 when I started training him. Almost got – say I started training him maybe four or five months into being in Chicago. I'm still training him now, and he's 6'6". Six, six, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he's 6'6". Six, six. He's, a, he's a swing um, – he's like a swing guy at uh, one of the big high schools out here getting looks by, like, every Ivy League school. So it's been pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, he's a guy – he walks – You'll hear his ankles cracking constantly. And I'm like, man, what is going on with you, bro? <laughs> like, get those things looked at. <laughs> is that, is that Mike? So is that, I had a girl that was like that, that had ankles that just constantly made noise. Is there a way to unlock them? Or is that just something that is genetic? Is it, what, what is yeah, that? It could be. You know, some people's tissue quality is just different. You know, um, some people just make noise. It always cracks and just uh, doesn't hurt. They don't even feel anything. It just makes some noise. just fluid in there. But yeah, everyone's tissue quality is a little bit different, you know, depending on if maybe they had a previous injury and just how things might have healed a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, some people just are not going to have that, that ninja S to them where you're going to hear them a mile away. So <laughs> I told her, I said, you can't sneak up on anybody yeah. with them things. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because he still has great dorsiflexion, 
with his ankles, with his his feet, and it's just like, man, he's like, no, I've never been hurt. Like super shy, super like nonchalant about everything, but like one of the best athletes I've been able to be around. Like awesome kid, awesome family. It's wild. That's good stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> it's wild. Calm. Where does where does some of the creativity? Because I, I mean, I've seen a ton of the videos. I've I've used some of them. Uh, I've used uh, portions of them. But where, I mean, some of the stuff that I see you put out there, I'm not seeing from anybody else. Where does that? Where is that creativity coming from? I mean, what do you? I I like to be in the gym, man. So you know how it is. Um, I'm a gym rat. So I'm in there just toying around with ideas and exploring different options, what I think could work, what I think, you know, fits best. So there's a lot of smart people who I look up to, who I've had a chance to learn from. So just taking some of what they've done and, you know, adding my own twist to it. That's really what I've been able to do. I like, I love just being able to make new movements and put guys in a position that I feel like they could benefit from. So um, the time doesn't hurt. Like, I mean, I think we even talked about being when we were back at FitLife, you know, you would say, I forget who you were talking about, but it was like, if you don't have an opportunity to create some content or create things, you're doing yourself a disservice. So, you know, that kind of just stayed with me, um, from you and, uh, the chance to kind of just do that. And I know that I have the ability to, you know, get my voice out there and, have my methods seen on a higher platform than some people some people think i'm an idiot some people think i'm a genius so either way you know i'm gonna keep putting keep out on. what i put out so there's today like dudes, man there's always someone yeah. in the comment section that just talks yeah. shit and you're just like all right whatever dude you know it's right. like today i posted a single leg variation on a glute ham that was me and a couple of the guys at bracey were toying around with and I yeah so told, i was gonna talk about that yeah, I got told that, you know, your glutes don't matter when you sprint. There's no such thing as hip extension when you sprint. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, okay. everything I post doesn't matter. I'm just like, man, I'm done with Instagram today. Wow. That's enough. Yeah. 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 All right. Time to shut it down. Listen, do you have any like certain tests that you'll do to see if the stuff you're implementing is making improvement? You know, there's a lot of coaches and trainers out there that are obviously just doing shit. So let's go on Instagram, look at this, look at that. But, you know, when you have your athlete and you have a baseline, um, you know, so when I hear other guys talk about like speed training, it's like, can you move obviously from point A to point B on a certain period of time? How does the quality of the movement look? So when you're playing around with these movements, like have you created your own certain tests? Like, okay, we're going to do these on day one. And then this day we're going to retest this and see if all the stuff I'm giving you is working or if I'm creating an imbalance or something like that. So the flybys, the ten by the ten yard flybys, they've been like really, really important for um for like speed development. So just getting those guys in there and seeing how quick they're able to knock out those and um things of that nature. So we have the um we're getting them in, but I want more like the um the power plates so we can see what type of force is coming off the ground and whatnot. Mm. So yeah, I'm very intrigued to play around with those a little bit more. I got introduced to them not too long ago. And I'm really excited to be able to play around with them and just implement a couple of different things. But the 10, the uh, 10 yard flybys are, um, they're very much like a staple of what we're trying to accomplish. So if you get those lasers in there and you can see how they're getting from day one to like day, you know, 30 or wherever you want to retest them at, 
they're awesome to see. And you have guys that talk about um, we can't really work on top end speed. We, we, or we can't hit top end speed in our facilities, you know, top end speed really occurs more so like 15 to 20 yards. So you can necessarily work on it if you have the right, you know, facility, but we can still do different things like drill wise to uh, maintain those, the posture and the positions we're trying to hit for our top end speed too. Gotcha. So fly is maybe like a laser guided system. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you would just time it. I mean, granted, you could do it with a stopwatch if you want. If you don't have the lasers, just so you not just set as up accurate. Those. Yeah, it's not as accurate, but set them up, see see where they're at, and then it's it's good because of all the start and angles and positions that I like to do from you know acceleration from like a two point three point stance perspective it helps. So you go, you do your starts, you see if it's working and then you do your flybys. If you want, you go back, you would make it some react, you do your reactive work, your band marches, things of that nature. Boom. You go do some flybys again, just keep building off of it week to week, you know? So say we were working in a network, like, so, you know, obviously when Joe and I will have a, uh, you know, a patient and we got to build these foundational things, say they want to come to you to work on, that the next level stuff um what type of things are you looking for in that athlete to say like yeah you're appropriate for me to work with you or will you say like they didn't go to the network they just showed up and they're like you know the father's like yeah I, I need my son to get better here and then you evaluate and like see you know like like for, for instance we would see like you know they they can't even lunge or they can't even squat and it's like will you work that foundational stuff to see obviously you have to have a good squat before we do the jumps and all that or would you send them to someone else to work that and they come to you for it? Like what, what is your program consisting of? Oh, I'm, I'm more than capable of being able to strength train these guys and like screen them and whatnot. Um, you know, you do that old method of the uh, FMS. Okay, I still, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could run them through the old FMS. Um, have I done it completely for like a while? I haven't done it in a long, a longer period of time, but I feel like we're still, in the FMS range, right? <laughs> yeah, listen, still, we just we just did a whole team, uh, Mike and I. Did you did FMS them on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, nice. they were younger, and I was a little bit hesitant about doing it with them. But you know what? It's good because a it fits right into the you know the category, uh, the the niche that that I'm in is really that uh, 11 to 22 year old female. Right? Yeah. That, that's playing sports so you know it was interesting because a lot of the girls did look good um but there were also a couple there that you could see that are predisposed to you know potential injuries so it's a good to me and and, and mike what we talked about it was it's a good tool as an introduction you get there you can talk to the parents you can talk to the kids um you may only get one or two of them coming from the team right that really want to take it next level it's not about trying to work in a team and come in there with the dog and pony show with the ladders and the hurdles. Like it had nothing to do with that. We were in there. We took them right. through, yeah. you know, the screening. And then once we were done with the screening, we took them through a, a, a proper dynamic warm up, showed them what it should look like to vertical jump and broad jump. And then basically talked to them a little bit about injury and, you know, told the parents, Hey, listen, this screen is about, you know, this is the criteria for it. But so it's, it's not old. It's not dead yet. Um, I, to me, it, it, it seems like it's, it's actually picking up some, some steam, but. Well, 
cool. the latest thing is what they're promoting is everyone thought it was just FMS. Now the functional movement systems has expanded their um, evaluations that you can't just get uh, enough readings from just the FMS. So PTs will do the SFMA where we break it down a little closer into looking at where those restrictions are coming from. If the movement's off, is it a motor control? Is it a, a joint issue or you know a soft, soft tissue issue? Doing some things a little bit more advanced that certain trainers can do. Some trainers like can't put their hands on certain patients. Depends on where they work. So that was like a thing globally that PTs could go in and oh, you have an ankle restriction, we could do mobilizations, things like that. But then where they started expanding even more, the stuff that Joe and I are excited about using is there's a motor control screen where you're actually getting objective values behind a single leg squat. So now we can compare right and left. So not only see the quality of the movement, but you're getting numbers behind it, see if there's asymmetry. And there is a cross body reach test to look at the core. So, you know, a lot of times we look at the core, we look at opposite arm leg. And, you know, for like these nine to 11 year old girls, they go on hands and knees and they do this and they're like all over the place. And that's enough said right there. But for right. a high level athlete, sometimes they can blow that out of the water, but then you really have them, you know, exert a little extra uh, strain, strain on them. And then mm-hmm. you see there's some compensation somewhere, which leads into another thing is the fundamental capacity screen, which we've been doing. I don't know if you've heard of that, Carmen. You heard Are you of familiar that? with that? I haven't. I haven't heard of it. Sorry. So this might be a really cool thing for you to take. You don't need to be a PT to take it. You're a trainer. And what it is, is something new that FMS systems developed. And what it looks as is your athlete moves well and they're stable. But what happens when you load them? So you're basically mm-hmm. looking at um, impact control and explosive control and then their ability to recycle energy, which is speed, agility, sprinting, running, all that. So you look at the broad jump, the double uh, double broad jump, triple broad jump. You look at the uh, ratio when they use their arms to legs. Um, we look at their ability to jump off of one leg and land on two, jump and land on one leg and their ability to recycle that energy. And then it calculates values. So you could see the percentages between one leg and the other. Not only do you see the quality of the movement, but you see where those percentages are. So then it helps you kind of focus your training saying, look, like even though you – the, you tore the right ACL, the left one is actually lagging here, you know, and then you see those, you have all the data. Now we know where to direct our training. They go through season tournaments coming up. Why don't we do that screen again? And let's see, are you starting to fall behind on one leg? Is your stance leg catching up on your kicking leg? We're not getting some, some symmetry there, you know, it's like evening it out. And it's really cool because the stuff that comes apparent through that screen is amazing. The things that Joe and I are catching and it's, it's really cool because then they see it and they see the data and then they understand, well, this is why you can't run yet because you can't even land on one leg and then bound off of it again. You're collapsing all over the place. So now you want to go do wind sprints on a, on a soccer field. What do you think is going to happen? So exactly. it's really cool stuff, man. I, I can send you some links to it to check it out if you want. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. I've been doing some like RPR stuff from like okay. Caldeets and whatnot. Are yeah. you familiar Caldeets. with that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I've been doing some of that stuff, really getting into more of that stuff with, like, some of my uh, male athletes and whatnot, just because I can kind of get my hands on them a little bit more and see where they're lagging with the glutes, with the hip flexors, things of that nature. Um, But, yeah, like I said, um, when I screen the athletes, I still go and see how they're stabilizing on one leg with the PPC stuff. And, you know, especially for the – if they're trying to get faster – it kind of just tells me everything I need to know off of like them just so you're just using the, uh, that PBC now to yeah. just kind of guide you through and it, 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 it's an easy the... it's easy Joe it's an easy yep. screen man it tells you everything you need to know 
I mean, just from them doing a couple walks and like skips, it really does. It yep. lets you, it, you see their injury history. You see like where they're lagging. It, it's so clean of a, a, a tool to utilize simple and effective, man. It really is. What's your take on the shoes? Because we were talking about this with some other individuals. So you're doing the training, but then they're coming in in these basketball shoes that look like these clown shoes. And then you have the soccer cleats that are basically a plank with nubs on the bottom. But we're talking about foot control. And this is what they're trying to perform in, but yet they're training in something different. So that's what we're trying to draw a correlation to is I'm surprised they haven't either improved the soccer cleat over the years and the basketball shoe. What's your take on that? Uh, When they're in with me, they're getting out. You're coming out of that shoe regardless, like, we're barefoot or have some type of uh, pedestal. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the pedestal socks where they actually have like the grips on the bottom. They're just a regular sock and they have the grip. So if you were to do some type of like heavy sled or any type of strength training on the the, uh, turf, you could actually like grip the turf and you won't slide as much. Interesting. Yeah. Pedestals. They're awesome. Yeah. I'll send you the link to that too, Mike. They're awesome. Yeah. No, I never heard of that. I mean, it sounds like a hospital slipper. That's exactly what it's kind of like, but it's it's an awesome – it's such a simple concept. I think that's where they got the idea from, and now they have awesome designs and colors with it, but it's just, like, so smart to transition into that. It's Absolutely, like a, to get them really feeling the ground with their feet. Yeah, um, but, yeah, more than likely, if I could get everyone barefoot in the facility, that's what that's where I want to be with my guys. Like, you have – if you ever get a chance to look at LeBron's feet, Look at LeBron's feet. It's the creepiest thing you'll ever see. It's just a big toe. And then the other feet just kind of are just jammed up in there because of the hard shoes he's always been in. So it's crazy to see the amount of power and explosiveness he's able to generate by just having like a big toe. It's just a big toe. And his other toe. So it's it's big toe. And then the other guys are kind of just like around it. So it looks yeah, like he spends this. like so much money yeah. on his health care. I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten that fixed, or maybe just is compensating. I, I would imagine. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff, wow. and it's obviously it's not a knock on him, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah. some of the stuff he throws out there on his social media. It's just not ideal either. Yeah. But that's either here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably the, well, one of the best athletes doing, in the world. Really, he's obviously because they always use him as an example, saying he puts a lot of commitment into taking care of himself. And when they talk about yeah. some of these other athletes, these guys think because they make the first payday. I'm good. And then they don't realize they get that injury. Their career is over, you know? Exactly. But yeah, if we can get everyone out of those cleats and more barefoot training and whatnot, we'd be doing a lot better. We'd be doing more of a service to these guys because we can see so much more. They can actually build from the ground up. And, you know, it's kind of been my motto since I've been out here, you know, from the ground up. So then how does that translate into their play when they're training one way and then you got to go into like this mattress of a shoe and playing? I mean, what are they giving you feedback on that? They're like, yeah, this feels weird or, you know, like. I think it just goes back to what I talked about before. You know, we can prevent them from the bad habits for so long, but once they get back into the footwear, the I think some of the bad habits are going to come back yeah. regardless, you know, um, Unless I, I had to right, so they get, start a league of barefoot basketball playing, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Right. I mean, I had to get molds made, like specific molds. Like we ran speed camps and we were on turf 
not too long ago and people were like oh well you can race me i'm like i'm not racing you like i'm not in turfs like if i don't have my molds on my feet i'm not i'm not racing anyone on turf right. <laughs> it's not happening for me right so you gotta wait my, you gotta wait yeah that bone in my foot it'll rub against the, the uh cleats and there'll be a bad day for me so i don't need that that drama anymore <laughs> but yeah I, I like and the way i coach it too i'm like the reason the one example um I give my guys is like, we get you out of the shoes because the cleats mask the bad form. You get away with a lot of bad form in your cleats. And like, again, it just relays that athletes being athletes, regardless of what happens on the field, they're, they're going to go back to their athletic nature eventually. So can we prevent it for so long and just stay on top of it when they're in the facility, you know, Mike? Yeah. So I want to transition away from that. We've been talking a lot about the feet and things like that. And then obviously the ACL, but the other big soft tissue injury that uh, we're starting to see, and you know, it's still early on. I'm get, I'm sure we'll see more of it is hamstring, mm-hmm. right? So as it, as you know, doing the, the sprinting and, and teaching them these, these explosive movements, what, what are, what are some things that you're doing to really attack the, the posterior chain there, the hamstrings? Uh, like, as you saw, today what i posted like i'm in love with like the uh, glute ham raise so if i can come up with some more creative ways to you know implement the things that i do with the glute ham raise and by all means i would love to be able to make more things but we don't really have to get super super creative with it but I just feel like the hamstrings are so neglected regardless soccer players basketball guys they don't want to do hamstring stuff they do not want to do hamstring stuff. They get so much pushback from when it's at programs. I'm just like, well, you know how I am. We're, we're doing this stuff regardless. But the glute ham, it's a great tool. You know, your deadlifts, your single leg RDLs, things of that nature to just hammer home. Even having bow slides on the turf is a great method to utilize. Yeah. And, you know, these guys, they need to understand sprint capacities. That's mm-hmm. the main reason why these guys are blowing out their hamstrings. They're getting hamstring strains because they're training with trainers that don't understand how to utilize sprint capacities the right way. You know, they probably have guys doing hundred yard gassers in terms of, Oh, well, you just go do those. They'll do 10 of those and you'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. You know? So it's just a lack of knowledge. That's the way I see it with some of the trainers. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Michael. No, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at this thing you posted today and I got a chance to check it out. It looks pretty cool. Now I have to try that. That looks like a absolute burner on the locked in leg. Make sure you do the, um, the cross section within the, um, the middle. So just have it, the left leg on the complete opposite side. So you have oh, a little okay, bit of support okay. there. Yeah. Cause oh, I, I was like, I was in there on the same side and I was like, how the frig am I going to do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I've learned a lot more about, you know, the posterior chain control and and in terms of training the hamstrings and listening to other, you know, trainers that, you know, work with the pros and what they're doing and talking about a lot of the proximal hamstring control. Everyone wants to do a lot of the distal stuff and with the sprinting, you know, the pelvis is just not stable. And even when a lot of the females we get in, they want to sprint, but they're in this anterior pelvic tilt position when they're doing everything. So we're getting a lot of lumbar compensation and you have to cue them to control that and trying to teach that control is a challenge because like Joe and I talk, especially the younger population, they don't feel confident in standing up tall and correcting. So they kind of, you know, slouch and then, you know, anterior pelvic. So they're kind of like this. And it's like, you know, I used to call it that lower cross syndrome type thing. Um, 
you know, so just trying to retrain them out of that. So we do a lot of trying to get them the, you know, kind of what the FMS system starts with is can you control your body in a supine position? Then can we do it in quadruped and then tall kneel, half kneel, split stance and slowly work our way up to these variances because they want to go from like, you know, just, just from zero to a hundred right away. So it's, you know, you can't even do this on your back. So we got to get that down. So you learn how to feel for that and translate it into these other positions. Absolutely. I love that. That's like the, uh, the old boil style, man. Just yeah. progression from the, from the ground up. Oh man, sorry. I lost you guys for a second. Uh-huh. Getting all these, getting buzzed in like crazy. So I'm trying to turn off these, uh, text messages right the now. Notifications. I learned that in my first <laughs> podcast. Oh my God. I did it on my phone and my phone rang. I was like, Oh, no, no, no. So yeah, I turned them off. All right. Listen, I want to get in on a little bit of a speed round here with some questions. Um, cool. so number one, question what keeps you awake at night what's keeping you awake at night other than people (laughs) bothering you on instagram telling you that your exercise doesn't make any sense um my cats (laughs) cats keep you up at night there you go outside of them you know i'm a uh i think the athlete in me is always just gonna be there with me i just want to be the best at what I'm doing and, you know, get to a position where I'm comfortable going to bed at night and just happy with the level of work I'm pr- producing with the people I'm producing it with. But knowing me, I'll probably never feel that way. So <laughs> that's right. And listen, that's, always it, bother me. Good for you. And listen, that, that, that's striving for, to be the best, you know, and, and that's, that's what it's about. I, I mean, you're not stepping on people to do that. You know, you're, you're doing that as a collective with the team, you know, so that's kudos to you, man. Um, Next one, what are some of your success habits? Um, never being afraid to learn and just shut up and listen. I think those are two very important things that a lot of younger trainers and coaches definitely need to, you know, instill in them a little bit. You know, I would love to pick both of your brains as much as possible and take as much as possible from both of you guys and, you know, be in the gym and implement stuff and collab and just go over things, you know, don't feel like you're better than anybody else. Everyone can help everyone in this field. And, you know, we all have different experiences and just being able to talk. And like you said, building relationships with people, it's, it goes a long way. Yeah. That's that's it. That's what I use the social media for. I mean, I'll, I'll post stuff and I, when I tag people in it, it's not because it's like a a call out or something like that. I'm tagging you because it's like, I want to share it or it might be something I think the person might like, or maybe it's just a, a workout. Maybe they want to try to do that workout, you know, networking other athletes, you know, besides some of the other like stupid shit I post on there. I just have fun with it, but I like being able to do this, like network with other people who are on the same realm and want to do that. I don't get involved in the other nonsense and that crap. I shut that shit down. That's not in my, any of my feed or any of my network. It's all athletes talking about all this stuff and like the cool stuff and like, how can we get a little bit better and share ideas and things like that? So yeah, man, I'll definitely like tag you and send you in things I think you might like or learn from. And yeah, man, like I, like I said, 10 years as a PT, I still feel like I just graduated college. I don't feel like I've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. I'm always open to learning from all different disciplines because that's what's cool about this whole thing. The podcast, the, the social media, you meet all these people and you don't realize like, how much knowledge is out there. I'm like, wow, like that's really cool, you know? And that's, and that's exactly why it was built. I mean, that's why I wanted to do it. It's the curiosity to know that the people that are in the field that I'm in, like, I love talking about it. Like, I just, I'm learning new things every moment that, that I'm in. And so to me, I never, ever 
want to a be the smartest one in the room because if so we're in a, we're in big trouble we're in big trouble we need a bigger room really quickly you know but but having having people like you guys you know to reach out to and ask questions and and not be afraid to to not know something like i mean you the field is ever changing so you're not going to know it all so that's why you rely on other people in the network but before i lose my train of thought you do have one more question to answer there in the speed round which is what is your biggest obsession right now oh man that's a good question um i, I think it's the same thing it's man it's just trying to be the best that i can be in this industry um like i get a lot of shit on social media and then that kind of eats away at me from you know a personal standpoint so you know you want to be perfect but there's no such thing as being perfect so you know just being able to put out knowledgeable content and you know have people look at me in a light where oh he knows what he's talking about not people thinking that you know you're just doing something for the sake of doing it you know um you know i want to be able to work with a professional team on a higher level and that's something that a goal of mine that I want to accomplish, just be the guy that is in charge of the programming. And, you know, whether it's, you know, I'm the sports performance director or the sports performance coach of a pro sports team, doesn't matter what the sport is. I just, that's the goal that I'm working towards. And hopefully I'm going to be able to accomplish that fairly soon. You will, my brother, you will. You're, you're a hard worker it, and you're, you're determined, man. So I, I know, I know it for you. I know it for you. I Michael, it, I want you to, I, Thank you. Michael, I want you to uh, you know, wrap us up here a little bit kind of tie it all in for us here. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, sometimes with some of the, you know, the type of stuff that you're going to do in, in your, you know, specialty, a lot of the stuff looks fancy and sexy and that's what everybody loves on Instagram. I don't know if you know who Ben Bruno is. He trains like a lot of the celebrities. Mm -hmm. he's yeah, yeah. he's a Boyle guy too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he always puts that up. He puts like a funny thing. He's like, I've been perfecting the couch plank since like I was <laughs> 20 years ago. And he's like lying there with his face on. But he always says that he's like, everybody wants all this big, fast, sexy shit, but like no one can do the basics and let's go to that. I mean, there's other big name guys out there like Brett Contreras. He does all the, 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 the research and stuff for all the fitness models. And he's like, look, he's like, I got to break it to you. Like, there's going to be a certain individuals on here genetically look really good, but it doesn't mean that they're doing the right exercises. He's like, I'm a scientist. I research this. I post stuff, but there's always going to be people on there trying to challenge me and say these things. And it's cool. I'm always down to have a conversation. There's always going to be those people out there who just like, just want to throw shit out there. And then especially when you have like consistent people always knocking on you, it's kind of a compliment because they're so invested in like hating on you that like, they like love you. So <laughs> haters are a compliment because they're like so invested on putting their time yeah. into hating on you. It's like, dude, like, why don't you work on yourself? And with all that energy, you might be able to be a little bit, you know? And I yeah, just man. learned that from listening to other like higher end athletes and stuff who get that. They're trying to take on challenges and do stuff. And there's always that person who's just got to put that little jab in there. And it's like, Honestly, that person really needs some self-confidence in themselves. And you'd be surprised how many people reach out and say, hey, man, like, can I help you with something? Like, why don't we see if we can get you a little better with something here? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, yeah, man, like, really, that'd be cool, you know? So, yeah, man, I think you just keep doing the stuff that you're doing. And, like, I, I think it's really cool. Like, I'm excited to go through your, your Instagram and see all this stuff and, and try some things, you know, even for myself and, and play around and, and, like, network and see what you have to offer and, I'll definitely send you the link with the FCS. Hopefully when they get class back up from COVID and stuff, I think it'd be something really cool for you to take. Um, they have some really cool outcome stuff. Um, 
you know, for the impact explosive control. They also have that farmer's carry test that Joe and I don't really do a lot, but it would be cool to do for posture. You got to carry a certain amount of weight for a certain time or limit and see your postural integrity. How well do these athletes handle on the stress? And there's some other cool stuff in there, um, but a really cool comprehensive thing that you, you might like to like evaluate your, your clients. Uh, and then what was the other thing? I think, uh, yeah, anything else is cool. I'll come, I can send you across. Oh, there is something I think you might like. Um, there was a podcast on the shrug collective about the guys that go over and work with the sprinters in Jamaica. And okay. stuff. You know, I think you might really enjoy that episode. I could find that and send it over. And I thought it was really interesting the stuff they that's, talked that's about. That's a shameless plug for them as on our podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, but <you> know, <laughs> listen, I'm now listen, Mike, yeah. I listen to them too. So I, yeah, it's they're that's it. It's they're they're very knowledgeable. They got some good stuff hey, going. Harmon might be on their podcast someday. You don't know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I learned they bring on everybody, but it's all about bringing together this knowledge and stuff and like cool things and you're in that realm so you never know what you might learn from that so that's like the stuff i like to do is is network and provide information that hey i think you might like this I think you might learn from that so yeah man speaking I of networking it, carmen so how we wrap it up it's how can people find you where are we going to find you at uh you guys can find me on instagram at nooch that's n-o-o-c-h underscore 13 um so you check out the website at www.carmendelmastro.com. Hopefully no one else has stolen that yet. I don't think, I think I'm the only one that has that right. <laughs> but yeah, those two places you want to go and check that out. I'm not big on the Facebook and Twitter. I keep Twitter to myself, so I'm there, but I'm not really there. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Michael, you got to keep them what? I got to keep one of my uh, social medias to myself, man. <laughs> That's it. That's it. When you just go on there and check out DraftKings and stuff, right? Yeah, pretty much. I'll, I'll get all my news on, on uh, Twitter. There you go. Michael, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Icor underscore St. George. Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook on the Mike St. George, but I just use X. I'm involved with some groups, but really Instagram is where I like to network and stuff. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys can find me at Coach underscore Haas, H-O-S. You can find me on Facebook too. Again, yeah, uh, try not to use that as much, but I do. I, I post a lot on there, but more on the, uh, the pay Facebook page. Coach Haas is where you're going to find most of the valuable stuff. Right now I have a 12-week ACL online prehab strength program that, that I'm, I'm running. So hopefully people get out there, check that out. Carmen, I can't thank you again for your time. You're the man. Let's stay in touch. Stay warm out there in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. All right, man. Feel we love. Yeah, man. Love you guys. Be in contact. Yes, All sir. Right. Take it easy. Later, guys. All right.